Volcano Watch. This is a weekly podcast to update you on the volcanic activity of the week. I'm one of your hosts, Alessandro Mosu. And I'm your other host, Corinne Jorgensen. We're PhD students at the University of Geneva. We study volcanoes and are here to give you all the hot volcano news. First the weekly volcano news and then the focus of the week. This will be the last official episode of season three since we have heaps of work and field work going on. So we'll take a break from our usual weekly podcast until September, but there'll be many episodes here and there throughout the summer. Just because our lives are busy doesn't mean the volcanoes are not being busy. It's April 11th at the time of recording and here are your quick updates. Let's start in the Americas, where we saw ash advisories from Sangue, Nevado del Ruiz, Fuego, Relentador, Popocatapetl, Sabancaya, and Green. Yes. Do you want to guess the podium for the American Tallest Bloom competition also this week? Okay, I'm gonna. I'm going with big upset this week. Popocatapetl in first, Sangue in second, and Nevado del Ruiz in third. This is what I'm guessing. No Sabancaya this week. Nope, we have our the three now usual podium volcanoes that are of course in the podium, but uh, in the order that follow. So bronze medal to Sangai with a 7.0 kilometer tall plume, silver medal to Nevado de Rui with a 7.9 kilometer one, and then, as usual, the gold medal to her. Our beloved Sabankaya. She always wins the gold medal. She always does. She's the best. I, I'm sad I doubted her. Yeah, yeah you shouldn't doubt her. Okay, yes. At Kilauea Volcano, the activity continues. At Talamahumu Crater, the volcano was in a deflation phase for most of the past week, with the level of the lake continuously dropping. Then, an inflation trend was observed on April 9th. Kilauea has got us used to these cycles of deflation and inflation with the level of the lake dropping and then increasing again. So we'll keep you updated on future developments of Kilauea's activity. On April the 7th, an eruption took place at Poa, a volcano in Costa Rica. Uh, the eruption was quite sudden. Apparently, no detectable precursor preceded the eruption. And as also reported by VolcanoDiscovery.com, uh, Javier Pacheco, volcanologist from the Volcanological and Seismological Observatory of Costa Rica, in an interview with Nación, explained that usually eruption of Poa uh, volcanoes are preceded by an increase in fumarole temperature, up to 900 degrees. But that was not the case of this eruption. Indeed, the 7th of April uh, phreatic event was a steam-driven explosion, not involving actually new magma. This type of phreatic explosion might occur even with no warming at all. When the excess of hot fluid and gases circulating under the surface of the volcanic system do not find a way uh, out to the surface and being the gas seed as fumarole as example, uh, they might accumulate and stay stuck, blocked somewhere, and maybe they can heat it up and down the system and eventually generate sudden explosion representing a huge hazard. So activity continues at Santiquito in Guatemala where the Caliente Dome is uh, continuing to grow and producing block and ash flows. In the area, a new hazard arose this past week from really heavy rainfalls which have been responsible for the generation of lahars which have filled the rivers of San Isidro and Tambor with the remobilized material. 
The Lahars in general might represent a serious threat for the inhabited area, so hopefully the rain stops and uh, the mobilized material becomes unmobilized. Reventador in Ecuador is producing continuous volcanic explosion uh, responsible for the formation of dense harsh blooms. Alaska was also pretty busy this week. The activity continues effusively at both Great Sitkin, where the lava flow field is slowly growing, and Pavlov, where the lava flow activity has been accompanied by small ash and steam emissions. Okay, in Europe this week, Iceland has been squeaking again. Early April, there was another earthquake swarm on the Reykjanes Peninsula. The earthquakes were shallow, and there is some speculation that this is from a small magmatic intrusion. The one would expect some uplift which we haven't seen any reports of thus far. Uh, Sao George in Azores, seismic activity has decreased, but is still ongoing at low levels. Inflation is still being uh, registered, so the alert level remains at V4. Okay, Shivalich has been a busy boy this week, with a 9.1 kilometer tall plume Oh-ho. on April 9th, and a 9.8 kilometer tall plume on Impressive. April 10th. Kvert, which is the volcano observatory of the area, related a thermal anomaly in late March to a rise in magma uh, to the lava dome. So this also might be connected to that. The dome continues otherwise as normal with incandescence and hot avalanches uh, from dome instability. In Asia, we saw activities from Sonozojima in Rikyu Island, Sumeru in East Java, Indonesia, Dukano in Almahera, Kadovar in northeast of New Guinea, and Yasur in Vanuatu. At Tal in the Philippines, the alert level decreased from 3 to 2, following an activity decrease. At Tropeu in the North Island, New Zealand, there are reports of lack temperature increasing from 32 to 36 Celsius degrees, and also an increase in tremors and the gasic activity, but might be within the heating cooling cycle that this volcano often has. Okay, that's it. Thanks to our sources, VolcanoDiscovery.com and the Smithsonian Global Volcanism Program. Oh, now it's time for the focus. So today for the focus, we are going to have a very little chat about mud volcanoes. So what exactly are mud volcanoes? Well, you've probably seen videos on the internet of little hills of mud bubbling and burbling and gurgling up. They're quite cute. So mud volcanoes are sometimes also known as cold seeps, where hydrocarbons seep to the surface, uh, basically. Mud volcanoes from hydrocarbons can happen at the surface or underwater and create unique habitats because of a high concentration of methane. Okay, so interestingly enough, mud volcanoes are not always related to volcanic activity, as, as we describe in our podcast. Mud volcanoes are usually quite cold in temperature. When it is hotter and associated with volcanic plumbing system, it's called a mud pot. So this is like a bit confusing because the literature is always a little bit confusing. So Stewart and Davies in 2006 coined a term mud volcano system, which is used for mud volcanoes associated with feeder system that connects a volcanic system. Anyways, in this case, the driving force isn't necessarily hydrocarbons, but other aqueous fluids. So, water. The systematics of mud volcanoes system is likely due to a system of fractures and dikes, which are mud-filled, and where the fluids mix with the mud and get driven to the surface. It's 
clear as to when the mud and the fluids mix and whether the mud in the mud volcano complex is from close to the surface or if there exist mud chambers at deeper levels. Some of the science behind mud volcanoes can be explained with liquefaction, which is the process of solids losing their strength and acting, acting like liquids when stress is applied. It's usually something that's considered when talking about earthquakes, but Prale et al. 2003 suggests that it's necessary to have liquefaction for a mud volcanic eruption. Usually mud volcano systems are small centimeter sized edifices, but there are cases of some which are up to 100 meters. There are 2,000 mud volcanoes described to date, but this number is much higher due to the inaccessible mud volcanoes in the deep sea. Over half of the mud volcanoes are related to the Alpine Himalaya orogenic belt, which extend from Romania to China. So since mud volcanoes are usually small, usually they're quite harmless. However, sometimes large explosions from the hydrocarbons can occur. Notably, there's a mud volcano in Azerbaijan, which is called Yanardag, or Burning Mountain. Here, there is almost a constant fire coming from this mud volcano, since a shepherd accidentally started a fire there in 1950, and it's been burning ever since. That's it for today. Thanks to our sources, earthandsky.org, article on mud volcanoes, AF and ON 2015, Stuart and Davis 2006, and Prelly et al. 2003. So we'll see you guys at some point in the summer, and if not, back in September. Thanks for listening. See you in a few decades.